next speaker who's actually part of the Positive Hire community. And when I say community, we have a community of women who are Black, Latina, and Indigenous um, who are experienced scientists, engineers, and technology professionals. So Angela is a business intelligence, analytics, and data reporting executive with proving experience leading successful data projects with diverse teams. She has worked in industries such as banking, healthcare, higher education, and marketing. Now, I'm going to pause right there. So Angela went a couple months ago like, Michelle, I didn't ever tell you what I did. No. So for those of you that remember this company called Nielsen, where they used to send you a dollar in the mail to do a survey, Angela didn't work for that company. We thought Nielsen was like the data company, right? Angela actually worked for a company and her team helped develop data sets that Nielsen purchase from them to do some of their own work. So think like you thought, I thought Nielsen would like, no, it's the person you want to go to. So Angela actually is a St. John's University graduate with a bachelor of science degree in mathematics. Yes, just straight mathematics, but she minored in computer science. So Angela, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me here. Um, yes, I love St. John's. I love Hofstra, I also attended there and I love Columbia because I did some classes there when I worked there. So yes, I love high red. See, she, she forever um, gonna be in a class. She's forever learning and up leveling. But that's the other thing about tech and about data and data science is it's, it's been changing, especially the last 15 years. We've seen a lot of movement and a lot of change and focus on it. So Angela, Tell us how you got started with data because you like, I'm just a math person. I'm gonna get a math degree. I love math. But how did you end up in the data space really early on before people really knew what it was? Okay, so it starts with two stories and um, they're hilarious and they're long, so I'll cut it short. The first uh, story is when I was a young child, I had an older cousin, she knows who she is and she's gonna watch this. And she used to con me out of my money. So she used to say, oh, you have five pennies? Five is more than one. So yeah, let me give you this. Let me know. She said, I have five pennies. Five is more than one. And you have one quarter. Let me give you these five pennies for this one quarter. And yeah, I was like, yeah, older cousins are not always trying to help you. So I was suspect. And I remember thinking in my head, I can't wait to go to school to count money. So yeah, I went to school with the intention of counting money and that ended up being my job. And also I have um, a dad who worked in advertising. And so I always wondered what the data was behind that. And so I was good at math because I went into school at first grade wanting to learn math because, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, yeah, she, but I got a bath. Don't worry. And so, um, yeah, I still show up at her house for dinner. I'll be there soon. And so, yes, I was always inclined towards math and math related topics. And um, I just knew that was my major when that's what I took in college. I looked and I saw, I was like, oh, I'm a math major. And there I was. And I just knew it was the right pick for me. I didn't know what I would do, 
um, everybody asked if I would teach and I was like, no, I'm not going to teach. I'm going to do something else. And, you know, as a black woman at that time, people were like, oh, she's not going to work at all. Right. But there are a lot of jobs in the math industry and the math, you know, being a math major and you can work in any industry. So that is one of the best things about it. So, yes. I love it. I love it. I love math, but math classes get to the point where they don't have numbers anymore. It's just simple. That was more than what I needed. So I was, for whatever reason, thought engineering would be better. No comment, no comment, no comment. That's the so, good part too. That is the good part. That's the good part. Okay. I want to get into people analytics um, because people often ask, like you're talking about data and HR analytics, people, what is this? What is people analytics? How do you describe it or define it? Well, as we were getting, we were talking about this conference, I was actually thinking about a def, you know, how I would define it because it's so broad. But um, if I were to simply put it, um, I'm looking at what I said before, if I was to simply put it, people analytics is the use of data to analyze techniques and understand and improve um, and optimize the, the business and the people side of the business. But that really includes so much. It sounds simple, but it's really a big thing because organizations have so much data that they've collected for multiple purposes. So now, in the HR world, we're looking at that data and we're trying to see how we can incorporate that data to hire and retain staff. And especially now when we're looking at uh, ways to have a diverse workforce, as our workforce is changing, people um, analytics is something that's really very important. I love it. I love it. I'm sure I missed the best part, but <laughs> um, so now that you've defined and shared with us your definition of how you view people analytics, why should organizations invest in it? And, and what I mean by invest, not just people and money, but really invest in the data itself, like utilizing the power of that data? There, again, there are so many reasons. Um, first of all, it can improve the company by that company avoiding missteps. Um, there are so many cases that we've heard of where companies have not had diverse workforces and they've um, had unfortunate consequences. They put out products that may have been offensive to some because they didn't even realize because all of their staff looked the same. They've also um, produced products that didn't work for everyone. Um, let's talk about healthcare. In the healthcare world, um, we have to fight to make sure that the healthcare products and medications that they're putting out are good for minorities, people of color, 
I'm going to stop saying minority soon because we know our demographic in this country is changing. We're in the US. And also for women, as women, some of the healthcare um, available to us was not tested on women. And if they had women on their team, that would have come up. They'd been like, wait a minute, all of our test subjects are this, we don't have a diverse group. So it's so many places, it's also in legal. Um, I heard some of your prior speakers, I was on the side listening, and many companies get in trouble because of bias. And we're all biased in our own ways because we're all human. And bias takes many forms. It's at the simplest level, bias can be, I like apples, but I don't like melons. <laughs> but in the workplace, we know what bias looks like in the workplace and it can be serious. So you can check for bias. Um, I heard one of your prior speakers talk about 360 reviews. There are methods to check the review before it gets to that employee because you know the process is usually the manager writes up the review, somebody else reviews it, right? But what if we had systems in place that we had the technology to check for bias in those reviews before it went to that employee, before there was an issue, before there were potential legal actions? So there are so many ways that companies should be interested in the analytics of people analytics. Yes. You brought up a very interesting and very important word as far as bias. And so when we look, when we're looking at the data itself, let's talk about some of the issues and, and things that we need to be aware about people analytics before we decide what, what to do with it. Can you talk about that a bit? Well, the biggest issue that I see is because you may have an organization that feels they're doing great. So why would they do this extra work? They don't really see that maybe there's an issue or maybe there's a potential issue in the future. They're um, not a diverse um, board or a diverse senior staff and everything is going good. The profits are good. You know, the employees around them are happy. They're happy. So why should they make changes? Why should they uncover information that could lead to potential problems? Because once you find that you have a problem, then you have to deal with it or else there's another issue. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think along those lines, going in understanding that you have biases is, is really important and acknowledging that. And, and you brought up something earlier about had they had diverse teams when it came to doing product development, whether it's software or physical product, they would have known something. And there's something, this is a major issue in healthcare, as you said. And so when it comes to medical devices, a lot of people don't realize they make medical devices for men first. 
and they're usually larger. And so a man's heart is usually larger than a woman's heart. So if you both have the same condition, you can't even get the same device until that manufacturer team designs a smaller version and then it should work on women, but you don't really know that because it was never tested on women. And so you see it a lot in different places. There's a there's a, a book that came out, I think in 2020, I can't remember the name of it. And it literally talks about how things are designed for men and they end up harming women. And one of those is the seatbelt. Oftentimes yes. in, it, in car accidents, women get hurt worse because we're generally shorter than men, the average height of men. And it's, oh, well, it adjusts and it doesn't do enough or the seat elevates. You still have to find the right the right height and everything. And nobody teaches you that, right? That manufacturer doesn't do that. And so then we end up being injured more in a car accident. So it's so much in the world where especially around, like Flory said, gender equity, even what does that look like on the data side, product development side, and there's so many barriers to bringing equity to women and 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 underrepresented people as well. In, in One of my favorite um, recent cases that is just mind blowing is that um, AI systems didn't recognize black faces. Yep. Yep. Um, how is that possible? Um, brown faces are a majority of this planet, but they were like, mm -mm. they just, it just went right over. <laughs> you're going to get me into this post I saw about diversity of thought and how is that this a dog why that's a dog whistle for really not addressing having black people having indigenous people and other people of color in spaces that aren't close to whiteness and so yeah it, it is so many issues especially along with tech and anything even services like healthcare that we see a lot of barriers and I would love to see some data on which healthcare providers are seeing like for maternal health, having better results with black women, with Latinas, with indigenous women, because as a healthcare provider, that is huge for maternal health. But I'm, I'm going to, I'm going in a whole other direction <laughs> than going, but I love talking but about it. You did, you're, you're hitting on something that is very important. That was what we were talking about, the challenges that organizations face. So they may have all the data, okay? We're assuming they, there's so much that you could collect, but they may not be collecting what they need for that purpose, for that research. And then how do they get the data that they have? It comes from different sources. It's in different parts of their organization. That is a humongous challenge. I worked on a project like that and, um, all of the data was not sitting in HR. So HR was like, well, you have to reach out to each department. Well, each department kept their data in different formats. They collected different data. They collected it at different times. So being able to create a system to grab all of the data, and we're talking an international company, so it's not just five departments. <laughs> it's a lot of data that you have to work and put it together so that you can take action on it. And maybe some of those departments, you have to go back and say, well, we need you to collect this data so all of our data is so consistent at an organizational level. And they're like, oh, but how will we do that? Maybe they don't have the staff to make those changes. 
they don't have the time, it's not important to them, it's not a priority. So that is a big challenge in organizations. I, I thank you so much for pointing that out. Because we always assume HR has all of this information and oftentimes they don't have it or is or somebody else has it and they have it in paper. <laughs> oh, I wasn't even talking about paper. Don't scare me. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just some you you would be surprised. A lot of engineering companies, they still do a lot of stuff via paper. It's printed out in a form, but handwritten in the field. And then somebody's supposed to translate it back in the office. It, so it but now we're talking about errors because exactly. we're dealing with humans and we have to accept that humans make errors um, and humans program the system. So there's errors built into the system. But when you're dealing with so many unautomated systems, you're introducing a higher probability of error. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to get to um, one other question before we wrap up here. Mm -hmm. Why does measuring this data truly matter? Why does it matter? Well, look at our, um, look at our poll. Organizations are dealing with tremendous turnover this, at this time. We're hearing this in, in the news and they're searching for ways to hire and retain employees. And you really have to take a look because in measuring these, this is some of what you talked about with your other speakers. In measuring these things, you can find, well, why do we have more turnover in this department than this department? What's going on here? It's a way for organizations to be ahead instead of having to work to keep up because our world has changed so fast and technology changes and we've, we've just all come out of this humongous thing that changed all of our lives. So it's so important for us all to be ready. Um, I could talk forever about what we need to do as data people, but for the organizations, they need to be ready. They, they're doing training, but they're still having turnover. So what's going on with the training? What type of training? Who's getting trained, as you mentioned in your last talk? Is the training only for a certain demographic? And when I say you know demographic, I'm talking about the demographics of your employee base. So who's being trained? Um, why are they leaving? What are our salaries like compared to other salaries? Um, for similar positions, there are so many things that data can help with. And analyzing that data um, and looking at it and just digging in the fun stuff that I love <laughs> can give you so many insights to help your business grow. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for this, Angela. How can people connect with you who are looking for a people analytics consultant? looking for help uh, with their data analysis and strategy in their organization? Well, I am consulting now. And for right now, the best way to reach me is on LinkedIn. Um, so uh, do you have my LinkedIn yeah, available? We, yeah. We will show your LinkedIn. And yeah, we got you covered. Thank you. 
<laughs> um, everybody, uh, be sure you connect with Angela over on LinkedIn. Angela, thank you again for joining us and being a part of the Positive Hire community. And long story short, I have posted in our Facebook community uh, what were the conferences and events our members were going to, community members were going to in 2022. And Angela's comment was, whatever you're hosting, Michelle. So she ended up like, good, now you're going to be a speaker. She's like, okay, what am I talking about? And so <laughs> this is what happens when you speak up. Yes. And thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. And I do love your conferences and I've been recommending you to so many people. So thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend, Angela. Thank you. Bye-bye.